0: Hello and welcome to The Frontline, a podcast from ILGA Europe. We represent and work on behalf of over 600 LGBTI activist organisations across Europe and Central Asia, and our podcast aims to bring to you the frontlines of queer activism in the regions. I'm your host, Belinda Deer, and this is the third episode in our mini-series on Rainbow Family Rights in 2021, during which we're looking at the issues affecting LGBTI parents and children across Europe. Our guest today is Daniel Kalasich president of the governing board of Queer Montenegro, which helped usher in legislation for civil unions for same-sex couples, which was signed into law last year, making Montenegro the first non-EU Western Balkans country to do so. Daniel is with us to talk about the journey so far in Montenegro and the state of play for same-sex partnership rights in the Western Balkans. Hi Daniel, and welcome to The Frontline. First of all, congratulations to you and all the activists who helped achieve such a milestone in Montenegro last year. Uh, Let's talk about that legislation and what it means for the LGBTI community in your country. Will you be fighting on for equal marriage, as happened in Ireland, for instance, six years after civil unions legislation?
1: Hi, thank you. Thank you for uh, inviting me to this podcast and conversation. (laughs) Yes, at one moment, for sure, we will fight for uh, equal uh, marriages Not at the moment, as the registered partnership law is adopted last year, and hopefully its implementation will start in July this year. But uh, from the very beginning, the the final goal, goal is to have an equal marriage. It will happen at one moment. Not soon, I believe, taking into account the situation, the political situation in the Montenegro uh, uh, at the moment and the fact that uh, conservative and far-right political parties uh, are now in power. But it will happen one day, I believe.
0: Yeah, indeed. And, and I imagine that it will also be um, quite a long fight. Um,
1: it will. It... it will be for sure, especially because we will need to change our constitution and we can do it in a two ways, even uh, with uh, a referendum or with the support of two-thirds of MPs in the parliament. So in, in our country, it is uh, as the marriage is in the constitution described as a union between men and women, uh, we will need to change that in order to have marriage equality.
0: And, uh, it would be interesting just, um, also here like to, to contextualize also the, the other aspects of, of campaigning for equal marriage Hear how the journey was, um, to reach civil partnerships, um, you know, how, how long that took, um, and, and how, and how you were successful in doing it, because that's, that's helpful also to know, uh, kind of what to expect as well, uh, at the very basic level on, on campaigning for, for equal marriage.
1: Yeah, uh, here uh, in Montenegro we started, no, it's nine years ago, and it was, uh, it was a really long, long journey. Uh, We started with uh, asking the Constitutional Court, uh, is it unconstitutional now to recognize the rights from the uh, 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 marriage to the same-sex couples? And the Institutional Court told us at that time that marriage equality is not constitutional, but that there is no any obstacle uh, for the uh, 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 government and the parliament to uh, recognize all of the rights that people who are married have, to recognize all of these rights to the same-sex couples. So that was the starting point. And that was the starting point for us uh, strategically because we knew that the opposition will um, try to make a picture that everything that we are doing is not constitutional. So that was the, 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 the first thing that we did. Later on, we initiated together with the uh, Ombudsman Institution the initiative to the parliament to start working on the law, and that initiative was ignored by the parliament they didn't want to react at all and the third thing that we did was a signing of a petition and that's how queer montenegro actually started this work uh, eight years ago with the petition and the names of the people who was requesting the legislation to be adopted later on our government adopted the strategy for improvement of quality of life of lgbti persons and we managed to Uh, include preparation and adoption of the law in that document. So the government was obliged to work on that law. In the meantime, as we are um, in the process of the uh, EU integration, we managed to push our government to include in that process preparation and adoption of the law despite the fact that they, at that time there were no any single uh, request by the eu regarding that officially but we was lobbying a lot and our government put uh, preparation and adoption of the law in this uh, uh, um, active all of these activities regarding the uh, chapter 23 and 24 so uh, that's how we managed to have it strategically and to put it on the political level, uh, at the same time we was working a lot with the community, and we was uh, maybe five years ago or something like that. I, I cannot remember at the moment when exactly that happened. then started. We started working with the political parties directly because we knew that at the end MPs and uh, representatives of the political parties in the parliament should vote for that law. So that's that's in short
0: yeah thanks very much for that um summary so actually uh you had it was two votes eventually right you had a first vote um, and then that did not pass through the parliament no. and then you and then you campaigned for for a second yeah. vote um what would you say was uh, the kind of crucial difference between those two votes
1: um, on the first vote, we were victims basically victims of uh, uh, um, fighting between political parties. So um, the same group of MPs who adopted the law on the second vote was the one who, who, who decided to vote or not to vote for the law for the, uh, during the first vote. So what happened? The one political party that is from the opposition, because of I don't know what reason, because there is no any kind of logic, in in that decided not to show up to vote for the law in order to show that uh, the ruling coalition do not have enough power to adopt such important law for the EU integration process so that's that that was something that they told us. We want to support the law, but we will not vote for the law now. We will vote for the law later in order to show that the government do not have enough power uh, and that there is a disagreement within the government regarding that law. But we know that there is a disagreement. We know that not all of the political parties from the government will vote for that law. And that's why we needed votes from the opposition political parties. And that was the official reason. Actually, they just... Uh, Make a damage to themselves because uh, those political parties was were quite uh, had a quite until that moment had a quite good image in the in the eyes of the LGBTI community and then most of the community members decided not to vote for them in the next election and now they have less power than before that's how mm-hmm. that reflected to them because people were angry despite the fact that in the second vote they actually supported the law. But, you know, we, we, we lost one year of our lives without these rights because of that, their decision.
0: Yeah, and it sends a message that they shouldn't be playing with people's lives for some uh, political dispute. Yes,
1: and that was the message also of the Pride that year, so the, 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 the slogan of the Pride was, uh, not through our backs. Mm-hmm. And the message was, stop playing with our lives and our human rights. You do not have right to do that because that is a violence
0: yeah exactly no it's good it's a very good uh slogan and i'm glad that you were able to celebrate pride as well um despite the circumstances um i have just just one more question on on um, the process there Mm -hmm. um you said that the the it was regarded by mps as as part of the eu integration process and the eu often says that civil partnership is not something that they have anything to do with and it's not in the EU acquis. key. But from your experience on the ground, um, is this something that the EU is actually supportive uh, on?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. We had uh, amazing and constant and really strong and important support uh, by the uh, EU institutions based in Brussels, but the EU delegation in Montenegro. And Basically, all of these steps that we took on our on our way towards the, the adoption of the law were directly supported by the EU delegation to Montenegro through the projects, also. And the first draft of the law is uh, unofficial draft of the law is adopted with their support, and the second uh, uh, updated draft of the law is also prepared with their support and defined on, at, the, at the later stage when the official uh, working group is established. The, the, the whole work and the preparation of the law and all of the actions and the campaigning were supported by the EU delegation to Montenegro. So uh, despite the fact that there is no official, uh, let's say, it, uh, obligation at that time, now we have... Because we have decisions of the Human Rights Court, and now all of the countries are obliged in some way to to mm-hmm. to, to recognize rights. But at that, that time, uh, they were not uh, anti discrimination policies, equality, and the human rights for all of the citizens and the people is as as you know the 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 are the basic values of the EU. That's why we, 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 we were strongly supported, and we are, we still are, because we have a lot of work ahead of us. And the moment, at the moment, we are working a lot also with the support of the uh, delegation of the European Union to Montenegro in order to prepare conditions for implementation of the law.
0: hmm yeah and and on the implementation you were saying um earlier that you now have uh, quite a conservative government um yep. and just just for our listeners uh, the same sex partnership law was adopted in July uh, 2020 and then Montenegro changed government in uh, in August at the end of August uh, yes. so um it would be interesting to know um how how that implementation is going considering that the current government uh is more right wing but but also, whether the people like those in government now actually voted for the, the law in the second no. round? Because Ah, yes, okay. None you were saying them. that opposition parties might yeah, have done uh, but, but, Yeah, but that, that political those party ones. is
1: still in, in the opposition. Okay. But uh, um, the strongest uh, uh, voices against the law were coming from the uh, Political Alliance Democratic Front that is now uh, having a majority in the ruling coalition that is now in the power. So uh, the those who were uh, strongly against the law uh, supported this government. And uh, that is quite concerning for us, despite the fact that the prime minister said, okay, we will not uh, withdraw anything that is adopted. So, we uh, know that they will not, uh, you know, uh, withdraw the law or do something like that. But we are expecting that they will block the implementation or even to try to block the implementation uh, in a way that uh, they will not uh, establish conditions for its implementation. Uh, To explain you uh, a little bit more detailed, for implementation, in order to uh, register a partnership law, we will be able to implement in practice. We need to update uh, 26 different laws, and the bylaws should be developed and adopted also, and the procedures and the guidelines. And uh, uh, the law should, uh, the implementation of the laws should start in July. So we do not have much time. In front of us, in order to do all of that uh, work, but if they uh, manage to have the political will, uh, we are ready. We prepared with the support of the European Union the delegation of the European Union to Montenegro. We basically uh, prepared everything for all of the ministries and for the government that they should do, uh, including the 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 written amendments of the law that should be sent to the parliament so they do not have to do anything they just have to say yes and they have everything ready uh i we are expecting i cannot say that it's going to be like that for sure but we are expecting some uh, uh uh problems and or obstacles or challenges let's uh call it um However, uh, but uh, we are here to to fight for our rights, no matter no matter of what. And I believe that uh, at the end we will we will uh, we will manage to 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 have everything done in a, in a good way.
0: Great, it's good to hear your <laughs> optimism on that. And yeah, you've come we so have far. To stay. To, I, I we 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 must yeah.
1: stay optimistic because yeah. if we start thinking about negative things especially in these COVID, uh times and uh, a lot of negativities alarm are all around us you know we will we will not be able to do anything
0: yeah uh, but uh on on something that i think is Very interesting um, and also very, very important is um, actually the impact um, of this, not just in in Montenegro and for LGBTI people in in Montenegro, but also uh, further afield. Um, Montenegro is the first uh, non-EU Western Balkans country to adopt this legislation. Uh Um, And when I I first started working at ILGA Europe and I met uh, activists from enlargement countries, um they were all saying to me how important it was that Montenegro uh, adopts this legislation because then it would uh, kind of inspire the other countries to to go down a similar path um so i wanted to hear what your thoughts are on that broadly broadly speaking um especially um for example what is happening in Serbia at the moment where mm-hmm. the government just closed the public consultations for um uh, feedback on their draft same-sex partnership law. Um, so it seems like an exciting time, certainly for Serbia, um, and also to see what you think about uh, the effect on on other countries in the region.
1: We know uh, that it is really important for the region because we know that it will be adopted, and uh, in Montenegro, uh, sooner or later. And we we were quite aware uh, that it is important for the region too. We also know that Serbia will be next because there is some kind of competition, unfortunately competition, uh, uh between Montenegro and Serbia uh, regarding the uh uh this human rights part of the EU integration process. I'm saying unfortunately contrib- competition because you know it will be some kind of uh, um it is bad when the motivation is just the EU integration process because this law is important for the citizens of this country or other countries, not to politicians and uh, their uh, uh, positive uh, feedback that will come from the EU. That should not be motivation. But unfortunately, it is. And that's the reality. We know that uh, other countries will start sooner or later. And now, as, as we uh, believed, the Serbia is next one. And it is really important for, for the LGBTI community in Serbia finally to have um, uh, concrete and the good steps done by their government that is actually, uh, 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 lesbian women is leading. And that's something that she should done four years ago when she started uh being a prime minister, but um let's see let's see there is also a lot of uh negative uh negative uh campaigning regarding the law in Serbia, but I believe that that campaigning is you know uh there. Just to some kind of uh, make calm of this part of the uh, uh, voters uh, uh, of the um, uh, uh, Vucic uh, who are against the law. I believe that the political decision is made, and that political decision is quite clear. I believe that uh, knowing political situation and the uh, uh, Vucic. Alexander Vucic in Serbia and his relations with the Serbian Orthodox Church and Russia and the conservatives, uh, that he will uh, create some kind of a picture that um, there is a strong opposition among the people against the law and uh, that uh, that process of adoption will be a little bit longer than it should be, actually but that he will present himself as at the end as someone who um solved that problem and try to create an image that he is a democratic uh, leader who is um uh taking care of human rights of all of the people that we know that basically in most of the cases is not true but at the end the only that it is important for that moment is that LGBTI people in Serbia will have these rights and that is something that is really important
0: Yeah, exactly so it's, And we do um, hope
1: there were also, sorry for interrupting you no there were also uh, some kind of the initiative in Bosnia and Herzegovina uh, I'm not sure what is happening with that at the moment uh, and Let's see what will happen in, uh, in um, Kosovo, Albania, North Macedonia. I believe that most of them are ready to start the process. But the COVID situation uh, uh, is obstacle for many things at the moment. Mm-hmm. I believe when, when we uh, uh, finish the COVID crisis that things will continue.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um and it's uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina which had um uh, a working group to draft help yeah. draft uh, same-sex partnership law and that was suspended uh, yeah, I guess a year ago now because of COVID. Um and then uh, in Kosovo they are working on uh, inclusion of um same-sex uh partnership actually marriage in the civil code. Um but that is quite an uphill struggle. Um and uh, and and there is movement in other countries, but yeah, COVID is is already blocking, you know, yes. some countries where there was already quite a big uh, advancement on this. So so we're hoping, you know, hoping for those vaccines and <laughs> hoping for things to to become unblocked.
1: Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. It's terrible. What is what is happening all around the Europe?
0: And there are there no, are some. The world. Um, yeah, yeah, around the world, definitely. Um, And there are some countries that that still don't have um, same-sex partnership within the EU um, Uh, and certainly like in in some of the Balkan countries, um, for example, Romania, and it is, you know, that EU accession perspective is not there to uh, encourage governments to adopt such a legislation. But what we are seeing is more like increasing a kind of citizen action, taking uh, their cases to international courts, uh, and for example, in Romania at the moment, there are 13 uh, same-sex couples who have taken their their uh, cases to the European Court of Human Rights um, in January 2020. Um, so we'll we'll see what comes out of that. I think that perhaps um, you know, especially if we have Serbia as well joining Montenegro, maybe this will help crank up the pressure on on even those EU countries in the Balkan area that that, that have not adopted same-sex partnership. I don't know if you have thoughts on that, but it it, it occurred to me um, and my colleagues.
1: Yes, I, I unfortunately in these countries the law is not adopted before the uh, joining the EU, and uh, we were also uh, in the Western Balkans in, in the uh, these uh, EU accession countries. We uh, 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 was talking a lot between us when I say we activists for the very first time uh, we saw that many of the things just stopped let's say when the croatia joined the eu so uh public administration and the political parties and the governments when they finished the process of the joining the eu somehow they believed that okay we did everything that we had to do but It is not true. So that's why we are rushing and trying to use the moment and to use the EU integration process because we know at at, at one moment when we join the EU, everything is going to be much slower and harder to achieve, unfortunately. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Because the main motivation is joining the European Union and that's why we have uh more political will than we will have at, at one moment when we join. And it is also for for the EU maybe to at one moment reconsider uh uh the requests from the uh you know from the uh, uh um, countries that are willing to join the EU and to directly include uh uh, family rights of the, uh, uh, of our communities of the LGBTI people as something that countries just must recognize Be- because, uh, despite the fact that this is a value of the European Union, that this is something that European Union is, as, as we were talking before, directly supporting uh politically uh with uh, grants to NGOs for the actions and things like that uh until the moment when these became direct requests from the all eu members or from the all countries that would like to join the eu there is a difference between us and people who are heterosexual and that is not okay. So I believe that at one moment, EU will just must do, to, to take a standing point and say, okay, we need equality for all of the people. And our request regarding the equality must be same for all of the people. And that should be our request from all of the countries
0: yeah and in family law especially the eu is is really noticing the the headache of mm-hmm. uh, that is caused by the kind of in, inconsistent um family rights uh, yeah. in, among its member states and even to the extent that it's proposing um legislation um as part of the LGBTIQ equality strategy that was published in november 2020 a legislation mm-hmm. to rec- recognize that the parenthood across all member states because there is so many issues with freedom of movement of rainbow families and parenthood is just one of the many the many issues you know of course it, it, and th- those problems are often caused by non-recognition of same-sex partnership or marriage but you're also talking about legal gender recognition certificates and so on um, so indeed like family law should i mean clearly needs to be harmonized but unfortunately um it is not something that the eu has as much competence in and many member states currently are quite um resistant to the eu overstepping in the in the area of family rights um but just yeah just to sorry just because we're Mm -hmm. we're getting a bit short on time and just um just to kind of finish up it would be nice to end on a Another hopeful note, um, when do you think the first civil union will take place um, in Montenegro? Is there, is there already something scheduled? Like, is there a couple already ready to...
1: <laughs> yes, we have more than 10, I think, couples who are waiting, who are ready, who are getting quite nervous because we do not know is it uh, going to be possible to start implementation of the law on July 15. But we do hope that we will have, um, maybe, a group wedding, because there is um, several couples couples that want to be the first. And I said, okay, we have two options: you can do it all together at the one place, or you can go to, you know, four different cities uh, at noon, and you will all of the you will be first uh so we are t- thinking about how to how to arrange that uh, uh 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 there is it is good that there is you know some kind of competition and that for them it is really important to be first uh but yes, people are waiting, and hopefully uh first of the weddings will be in July this year. I will keep you posted on that
0: yes yes please and we'll, we'll look out for it and i'm sure uh, many of our listeners will as well this kind of uh, partnership flash mob <laughs> in yeah right. yeah
1: yeah we will see we will see
0: well, thank you um very much for for the discussion and for your time and and good luck um with the implementation and of course thank you for the amazing work that you've done over almost 10 years now uh, to, to achieve equality and in partnerships in, in Montenegro.
1: Thank you, thank you for this conversation and thank you for for your work. And let's hope that we will be able to see each other in person soon.
0: Yes, hopefully at a Pride, yeah. let's see. Thanks a lot and have a nice day. Thank you, have a nice day.
1: Bye. Bye-bye.
0: You have been listening to The Frontline, be Europe's LGBTI Activism Podcast. Please subscribe, like, or comment wherever you listen to our podcasts. And tune in next time, when we'll be talking about the situation for rainbow families in Eastern Europe. Bye for now.